Welcome to Elevate, the podcast that inspires you to reach new heights. Each episode brings you motivating conversations and transformative insights that empower you to level up. Whether you're seeking guidance or a burst of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's elevate your life. Let's elevate your future. Starting now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm your host today, Kyle Goodnight, and we've got a very special guest with us today. Lori Lisai is a human design expert and an ex-teacher, so we're going to hear all about how she made that transition. But before we get into the interview, I just want to make sure that you like, share, subscribe. If you listen to this podcast or any of our other podcasts and you know someone that may need the message, go ahead and share that with them. We really want to get our message out there. Elevate is all about lifting people up and elevating them to, the, to take them to the next level. And I believe that, that Lori has a great story today about how she's done that for herself and now how she does that to help other people elevate their lives and elevate their situation. So without further ado, here's my guest, Lori Lisi. And uh, go ahead, Lori, go ahead and tell us a little about yourself and a little bit of a backstory of how you became a, is it human designer or human designee? I mean, what's the, I'm very new to the human design world and, and we've got some pretty cool stuff. You're going to see some shock and all on my face because I gave her some information that she can give me a reading. So we'll see how that goes. So good. So <laughs> I'm a good. Little yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. So I call myself a human design mentor and coach. And yeah, I was a teacher for 26 years. You know, by by all accounts, I had just a few years left, you know, before retirement. And I just found myself more often than not kind of feeling like I still had these big dreams you know, and, and things that I wanted to do with my life. And I wasn't quite sure like how teaching was going to get me there. And so I started asking, you know, some relatively uncomfortable questions when you get to a certain right. part, right, in your career. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you know, I, I feel like I should do this, or I only have a little while left, and then I can, you know, collect pension and yada, yada. Yeah. But I just couldn't, like, I got to the point where I couldn't really ignore my intuition anymore. And so gotcha. a series of events happened at my school. I was very involved in school change work. And this was okay. right around COVID. So lots of changes happening anyway. And we got to the point where we were starting to talk about what happens when we come back and I saw one path, which was very different than, you know, the hundred years before. And, you know, I think my, my administration wasn't quite ready to go there. And yeah. I sort of took that as my sign to exit. It was like, okay, I think I've done what I can do here. And I, yeah. I'm ready to like move on to something else. So I had started to learn about human design already at that point. And I think that that definitely helped to see this idea that I could do something else and that it was really important actually for me to follow that, that feeling and that intuition. Okay. Fantastic. So what are, 
what is, can you go ahead and describe what human design is? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and why it's, so, I would guess it's pretty important to know, you know, having a little bit of dabble of research on human design and to prepare for this, you know, it seems like it's bigger and better than like a personality chart. But so if you could speak on what it is to, so if anybody's ever, I didn't hear, I didn't know this term a week ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> absolutely. So it's essentially, it's a combination of systems. It's a little bit science and a little bit ancient wisdom kind of mixed together. So it incorporates Western astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah, genetics, quantum mechanics, and the chakra system. And okay. so, so none of, you know, when you break it apart, none of the pieces is, you know, new. Like it's really a collection of systems and, and it comes together to basically tell you like how your energy works and how you are technically designed to like function in this world to be kind of your best self, you know, your best human self. And the work after kind of learning what your human design tells you about your energy is then in, <laughs> in sort of shedding all of the expectations and, you know, the, the shoulds that we take on through our entire lives, it's the work is really in shedding those and learning how to follow what you know is best for you versus trying to accommodate or, you know, fit into boxes that other people have created for you, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, it sure does. You know, you know, I've, I've, I've had a background in ever since I was little, uh, you know, I was, I was labeled or, or, you know, learning disabled. So that was the early words for it. If, if fast forward, you know, 20 years, they would have called me ADHD. So it would have just been that. And, you know, with, with sprinkle in, you know, I mix up my numbers and my, my, my words. Sometimes I forget words. Sometimes when I read them, like small words, my, the big thing for me with, with the, with the learning disability was more this dyslexic stuff. So like I would be working in retail as a, you know, a early college student and I'd read out a number to someone for their total for their price. And I'd be like 7235. I mean, 7253. You know, it was like, I would always catch myself for the most part, you know, so it's a, it was very low level. Uh, you know, you know, I'm, I went to college, I graduated from college. I'm a, you know, I'm a healthcare worker that, that remembers all kinds of stuff out of my protocol. So I'm not, it's not like this, it's not a dysfunction, you know, learning disability seems so harsh, but that's just what they knew to call it back then. But with that being said, what I'm trying to get to is the fact that I've done the flip charts with the ink blots and I've done the, Hey, can you make this shape? And boop, boop, boop. So I've done quite a bit of stuff, especially when I was younger. I mean, it was a yearly thing for me to do what, like almost like that personality or, or that aptitude test or whatever they called that, you know? So, so I, I, I remember all that. I haven't done one of those for years. I really actually kind of want to go back and try it again. Maybe I'm like awesome at it, you know, like, Oh, look at this is what I can make. And I can make a brooch and I can make a pterodactyl, you know? <laughs> Cause I'm super creative. You know, I know that about me and the ADHD part, you know, it, it, I've always blamed, I've always labeled myself ADHD because I'm so active and that's all, oh, it's just my ADHD, but maybe, maybe it's not an ADHD where, you know, where it's not, I'm not hyperactive. Somebody would tell me, 
people that know me would say, Hey, I mean, you're sometimes you're a, a little much, but it's just me being me. And I'm not, it doesn't mean I can't calm down because I can't, I can literally tell myself, Hey, just chill out and do it. You know, maybe that's years of practice, but maybe it's human design. And what you're getting ready to do is talk to me about what my chart says, because, and you can discuss uh, what, what a human design chart does for people, because you get to, you, you need to know my birthday, where I was born and the time I was born. And it tells all this stuff from what I've done in research. So I'm super excited to hear about that. But if you could, if you could talk about the difference between maybe it's, it's not understanding your human design and being, instead of being labeled ADHD, because I think, because we, you and I, in our first introductory talk, you pegged me, you pegged me when I told you about what all the different things I do, you, you already pegged me. And then you looked me up and you're like, yeah, you were right. I mean, even like, even just a small five, not even a five minute conversation about how busy my life is, you knew exactly what kind of person I was. And then you got my birthday and time and, 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 and place of birth. And it was like, you were, you just sent me, I remember you sent me that text and was just like, Hey, I nailed it. And then I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so I, I'm interested to see, maybe it's not the ADHD and I can start blaming it on my human design, or not blaming it, but, but chalking it up to my human design. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you mentioned the labeling that happens. That's, that's one of the, you know, the, the issues that I have with our school system. And, you know, I oh, think. Oh, I know. And you, you're, you're right in with it. Yep. Right. I mean, right. And, and just to think about like how, if we could start talking about labels from an empowering standpoint versus, you know, it's some sort of disability or even like you learn differently when in fact, everyone learns differently, but most right. schools are just designed to speak to one type of learner, you know? Yeah. So really the, you know, your ADHD, which may, you know, have been listed as a disability in school is actually a superpower, you know, in so oh, it's, many ways. It's, I, maybe it's my, I mean, I call it my superpower because people are like, how do you get so much stuff done? I'm right. like, well, it's called hyperfocus and thank you, ADHD. You know, yes, I don't, exactly. it's not a, the ADHD and I'm not diagnosed. I'm self-diagnosed because when we did diagnose my son, it was like, Every single box when the, the, yeah. you know, when the, the, the doctor who diagnosed him told us about him, I, my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, like <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like, like I said, but how much of that is ADHD or human design? Right. Right. Just, and that is to say like, just who you are, not necessarily having, you know, this label that you fit into because the way your design is expressed is very individual, you know? So one of the things you mentioned was like the difference between a personality test or like one of those aptitude tests and something like mm -hmm. human design. So yes, human design is based on your birth time, your birthplace, your birth date. Um, and the time is very important. I did notice that your time was 9.50 and I'm always a little bit suspect of rounded birth times. So whether they be on a five or, you know, end in a five or a zero, yeah. um, just because those minutes do really make a difference when it comes to some of the, some of the other layers of human design, you know, for, for mm -hmm. kind of the top level stuff, it doesn't tend to make a huge difference. But, you know, there are some charts that I've run when a person doesn't necessarily know their birth time. And so I try three different times. Mm -hmm. I usually try like 
1201, you know, yeah. and then noon and then 1159 and just see yeah. like how much it changes. Um, yeah. And I and can only understand that, that, that birth time is who knows, because I've been, I, you know, most people know that by this point in time, watching my, watching our shows, but this is the first time you've watched us. I'm from the medical field and I've been in live births, plenty of them, along with two of them from, you know, my, my own children. I was right there with, with her every step of the way, but I've also, I'm a paramedic and I've also delivered someone. And we, I believe if I remember right, when we did the live birth, we asked our dispatch for a birth time because the baby came out right before we walked in the house and we were just, we did, we ended up cutting the cord of course, and stimulating the baby. But what is, what is birth? Is it the cord cut? Is it the, is it the full, you know, is it the full delivery where the feet and toes are completely out? Like, mm -hmm. like what is it? Or is it when they stimulate the baby and they start crying, but that's two minutes later because we're now we're, we're, doing life-saving events on that child. So mm -hmm. I, that, that is a question I have. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, having that medical background and knowing exactly how births go and have seen, I've, I've seen plenty. I've I mean, been in the ER, I've seen emergent ones. I've been in, I've been in, you know, ones where we've had C-sections, you know, with a C-section, you know, say like, what is the definition of birth? And when it comes to human design, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, I kind of cut you off with that other question, but it, it brought up another one and <laughs> what you're saying about time of birth. Yeah. And no, not at all. I think it's a great question. And I think there's definitely some room for interpretation. You know, in my mind, it's that first breath, you know, but, you know, you could definitely define it as the toes are out because maybe, you know, the baby's already breathing or who knows. And sometimes like even when you're in the space, it's like you don't necessarily look up at the clock or look at a watch or, you know, like, the people, so there's definitely some, some interpretation. It's not always like a perfect thing. You can yeah. do something called a birth chart rectification, which is a process where there are people trained. They're usually have a very strong astrology background and they will interview you. They'll go through this process of interviewing and look at, you know, what they know about your chart and then they can narrow it down for you to an exact birth time. You can also, if you, you know, are a little more open to the woo, I guess you could say you can use a pendulum, which is something that I've done to help people narrow down their birth time. And oftentimes those are quite accurate as well. So it's okay. it, because, <laughs> you know, if you subscribe to the, the science of energy, you know, and believing that everything is energy, then the idea behind human design is that when you're born, like there, there's this constant movement of the tiniest bits of matter, which are called neutrinos. And mm -hmm. neutrinos carry mass, like they're the tiniest, tiniest bits, but they carry mass, which means that they also carry information. And basically they're passing through everything like salt solids you know all the time and they're carrying this information and so when you are born essentially it's what is imprinted what comes with you what is the design of you and so for your human design you have that time of birth which gives you this personality side we call it or the conscious side and then 
roughly three months before you have the design side or your unconscious, which is the things that we tend to be a little less aware of consciously, but other people can often see them in us. So there are these kind of two pieces that make up the whole. And as I mentioned earlier, like it's very multi-layered and multifaceted human design is. Oftentimes people start with type strategy, authority, and maybe your profile. And when I was listening to you and, and you were telling me about all of these things that you love to do, you know, you've got your podcast, you work in the medical field, you do voiceover <laughs> acting. I was like, okay, right. hello, manifesting <laughs> generator. That is, no. yes, absolutely. The beautiful thing is, is you're, you're very much following that type design, which is multifaceted, multi-passionate, juggler, always has, you know, multiple balls in the air. And the key to kind of living in alignment as that kind, as that type is making sure that whatever those balls are that you're juggling consistently light you up. They consistently like bring you satisfaction. So when they don't, when they no longer serve that, then it's important to just let them fall and pick up the next one, you know? And I think some of the conditioning that can happen for manifesting generators is this like idea of quitting things, you know, and well, I don't want to be a quitter. So I'm going to keep doing this thing, even though, you know, I used to be really good at it, but I don't necessarily really love it anymore, but I'm going to keep doing it because I'm maybe good at it or people think I'm good at it or they expect me to keep doing it. And that's where they end up kind of pulling off their path, you know? Mm. So you're, you're just such a great example of a manifesting generator because you've got, you know, so many things going on and clearly well, you are good it, at them. Hopefully right. they also well, light you up. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I mean, I got this morning excited about our interview. So that was huge. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm on a little bit of a, a break with, with the EMS right now for a couple of weeks, just by design for, for some, uh, my wife went to Disney and I needed to be home for the dogs. And, and so it was like, it was like perfect. It was like perfect time to really focus in on, on really getting this podcast up and running and getting other podcasts that I, that I, uh, that I do production for, you know, planned and, and things organized. And now we're like six shows ahead and I'm trying, this will be, I'm, I'm like two shows ahead now once I have you. So once I have you on it. So, you know, the thing is, is you said something there a second ago. And of course I want to get somewhat of a, I don't, I'm, I mean, a full reading would be nice, but what, a little bit more about me to see, you know, to see what else. But one thing you mentioned there that you said that I am aligned when I'm when I'm a busybody, if you will. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the manifesting generator is someone who has to, who does a lot of things, right? And that, is that what they're, is that the definition of them? So the one time that I split off from being able to have the freedom to do so many things, which my EMS world allows me to do the, have the freedom because I only work every third day. So I'm 24 hours and I'm in a building and I'm waiting for the tones to drop is what we call them or the emergency to happen. And if the emergency doesn't happen, I can, you know, talk with my partners. I can work on small projects. I can do education. I can build my education side of things because I'm also an educator for EMS. And so I can do all these different things while I'm there until the tones go off. Then it's focus on my patient. Right. And but the one time I left EMS. And, and, and even my hospital time, let me back up for a second. Even my hospital time as a respiratory therapist, we're, we're like 
all over the place in the hospital. Nurses typically just work in an ER with four patients or whatever in a, a floor with four or five patients in, you know, mother and delivery crazy, but yeah, it's still some patients, right? Respiratory therapy goes everywhere in the hospital. We are always doing something new, always, you know, we, yes, we have our patients, but we're, you know, when we're in the ER, it's always new. And that fed me. I come home from work just juiced, right? And, and you know, on a busy EMS day, I come from home from work juiced. But uh, usually I get to try to calm down because I'm allowed to sleep at my job because I'm there for 24 hours. But the one time that I got recruited to use 100% of my resume, because also it's in medical sales, I worked for a company who developed EMS products. I'm like, okay, this still aligns with my mission. My mission is to help people. I'm just helping them in a different way. I'm helping them really early. Like I'm bringing products into the country and into the, into the marketplace and promoting them and teaching my sales reps how to sell them because I have the medical and, and clinical background to educate them on how to use it. I've already done the due diligence to, uh, to bring it to market. My team has already figured out that this is something that we want to represent, but I was miserable miserable because I was doing all, I was, I'd leave at seven in the morning, get home at seven at night. I'd kiss the kids goodnight, maybe eat a little dinner and then open up my computer again and start working on the next thing or organizing stuff. Like I was working all the time and, and it was always towards, yes, it was multiple projects. There was a lot of that. So that helped me. But then it was just like, it, it's then it just started getting like, I know what anxiety is now. I know what chest pain is now. You know, I know what I know what it means when someone's like, man, I just feel like the walls are coming in on me because I sat down that Monday morning in that cubicle. And I was like, I reached up and I touched the walls and I was like, who who's pushing? And I was there. I was early. And no one else was there. I was like, who's pushing the walls? And no one was pushing the walls. And I looked at myself and I was like, saw the reflection in my computer because I was just starting to boot it up. And I was like, OK, you need to go to the hospital. You need to do something. You need to get the hell out of here. And I did. And then that day was when I put my two weeks in and started thinking, getting back into EMS. And now I'm back in EMS. But then that opened up the handyman business that opened up the time to do voiceover because I'm off for two days. You know, I'm off for two days before I go back to the medic. So what you said when that just made so much sense. And, you know, it's, you know, learning about human design already in just this small amount, you know, is is it something that we all should learn so we can know more about ourselves because it makes so much sense. Just a little bit you've given me. Yeah. I mean, that's my mission. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I would love for everybody to know their human design because I, I feel like it's, uh, I like to call it the cosmic permission slip. It's like, you know, you, the example you just gave is so perfect because what I heard you talking about was essentially following the what your body was telling you, this is not energy, right for me, right? The energy. Exactly. And we, I know as a medical professional, we have energy. That's how our heart beats. That's the exactly. energy. Yes. It's electrical. We can measure it. It's called an EKG. Yes. That's energy. Like if people's like, well, there's no such thing as energy. I'm like, you have a beating heart. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes You have exactly. a beating heart, so you have energy. It's proof. You're like, you're literally breathing and talking to me. It's proof that you have energy. Right. Oh my gosh. Hallelujah. Oh, mic drop, mic drop. Yeah. yeah. When you look at a human design body, it's called a body graph. It looks like a circuit board and it's, you know, intentional mm. because it's, you have channels of where the energy flows. And so something you said when you were, when you were describing like the moving from, from piece to piece as a respiratory therapist, and then 
you know, your, your schedule with every, you know, two days you've got off to kind of play and experiment with other things. You know, you said, you used the word fed me and where you felt like nourished by the work that you were doing and the excitement. And you said I was juiced when I was finished. And that is exactly how you should feel as a manifesting generator or a generator type. Like any sacral being should feel that way by the work that they're doing. And when they don't, that is like, I mean, you couldn't have more of a scream from the universe that something is out of alignment when that's not happening. You know, if you are not feeling so excited and at the end, satisfied, like what is, where does that satisfaction really sit with you? If you're not feeling that way, then it's time to pivot. And Human pivot. design, oh, French reference. No. Yeah, well, and and <laughs> totally. Pivot. That's like that is the for manifesting generators, especially if there's a meme that is it. It's the, the that is the, it. The yeah, I may put that in and post and the pivot. One hundred percent, because <laughs> you have to just have that freedom and willingness to let yourself let go of things that aren't feeling right for you to pursue the ones that are, you know, and just the way that you are living your life and kind of following this guidance from your body is such a beautiful way of expressing your design. Like human design is very much about cueing into tuning into the body and following its cues. You know, what is it telling me? And so the anxiety, you know, that's, it's just your body like communicating with you. This is like you got to make a change. Well, you know, and, and, you know, to go back to that scenario, that situation for me, you know, when it first happened, of course, there was some doubt in my head because it was a lucrative position and it could have been even more lucrative as I got further and further into it. And I could, I saw myself being able to work myself up in that company in different positions, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it makes so much sense now. And I felt, you know, there was a while there I was, I was like, oh, I failed that. You know, I failed that. You know, there was some doubt. And like right after I quit that and went back to EMS, which was a third of the money, right? And I didn't have the sales job anymore because I left the sales job and EMS because I did sales and EMS at the same exact time because my two days off gave me a chance to go do sales, which fed my chakra, right? I guess that's what mm-hmm. you're saying. Mm-hmm. I was always traveling the state of Ohio and and going into new departments and meeting new people and sometimes travel, which I love travel. But, you know, it was one of those things where it I wasn't a failure at that. It was I wasn't listening to my human. Well, I was when I finally quit, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't have to look at it as I failed that, that time in my life. And if anything, you know, my failures are my success in, in general, because it taught me that I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not really made for that type of environment. It doesn't mean that I can't still go and develop products or invent something, you know, cause then that's really, you know, adding into my, my, my creativity, but it doesn't mean that I'm not you know, sorry, I don't want this to be about me. I know we really need to be talking about you, but it's like it's it. You bring up so many aha moments of my past already in just this small little beginning of the reading. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's it's so great, and and the the idea of that failure piece and that quitting piece, I think, is like a significant obstacle for manifesting generators in particular. 
because they are the type that, you know, they're here to do many, many things. And they're here to like follow, to find shortcuts, to like mm -hmm. find ways of being more efficient and better at systems and things. And then they, you know, sometimes that, that drive to do that, it's like, I've already mastered that. I know how to do that. So, you know, I'm just going to let it go. It's no longer a fit for me. Or, you know, if it's, there's something else where it just feels more of a drain for you than feeding you, then that's when you really have to listen. And yeah, I mean, it gets sticky when there's a paycheck, <laughs> you know, like right. attached to that right. decision or, you know, some other layer of expectation or, you know, feeling like you need to show up in that way. And I think that's, that's where the choice becomes not quite, you know, so easy to follow through. So at that point, I coach people to, to think about like, how can you build a bridge, you know, from where you know you need to be and you really want to mm -hmm. be and, and, you know, how can you like take steps to get there every day? So at least when you're in it and you know it's not aligned, how do you like work within each day to still find some satisfaction, you know? Right. So real quick, if there's anything, I mean, is there another portion of, of what you saw in the charts on me that you can share that may, may make me freak out and go to a whole nother <laughs> different conversation? Yes. <laughs> and then we'll, I've got, you know, we're, we're, you know, and then I've got a few questions at the end. You know, I think this is, I think it's something where I think our listeners may be so interested in this that we need to have you back on again sometime, <laughs> you know, to like dive deeper or, or what have you. But once again, everybody, we're, we're talking, we're talking with, with Lori Lisa, Lisa no, Lisa, I, sorry. You got it. <laughs> that A is really messing with me. That's the dyslexic part. You know, that's the <laughs> Lori Lisi, right? So we're talking with Lori Lisi about human design. She's left the teaching world to become a human designer, uh, a human design expert, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so real quick, just, you know, if you have a couple more things to say about what you read within me, and then we'll get to these other questions at the end, and then we'll be wrapped up and have you on again some other time. <laughs> I do. And yeah, there, like I said, there's so many oh, layers. That didn't let in like that. She's like, I do. Like, I do. That was, a, I do that was the teacher in you. I saw your, I saw my, I saw my like fifth grade teacher. No, just kidding. <laughs> so what I, what I wanted to talk about during our intro talk, we, we were discussing some projection, right? And like other people projecting things onto you that you didn't necessarily like expect or were kind of surprised by, or you might've been like, hmm, where did that come from? And I mentioned earlier that there are a few levels of human design where most people start, like your type, strategy, authority, and then profile can be one as well. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your profile. Profile is a set of numbers at the beginning of your design. So you are a profile two five. And what's important to know about that is that you have this projection field and as a two five it's literally like you have two layers of projections that are going to be coming onto you on a pretty regular basis and what do i mean by projection well projection is when you know somebody looks at you and they see something in you that's really more about them and where they're coming from so they are taking an expectation that that they that they have for themselves or about themselves or 
whatever, and they are like putting it on you and making it seem like you are the one giving them that impression. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it actually does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. they, you know, if you have a conversation with them, they would mm-hmm. say like, oh, well, you know, you're a very outgoing, likable kind of guy. And, you know, you're, you know, they might say like something you said led me to believe X, Y, Z. When in where you're coming from, you know, maybe you consider yourself you know, not so maybe you had like a, a talkable moment, you know, or you were feeling lit up and you had, you know, this blah, blah, blah. And then on like the, a future, on, like, like a, like a future wish or something like, cause a lot of times I'll do that. I'll, I'll basically talk about possibilities. Mm. And a lot of people are like, well, you said that. I'm like, well, no, it was, it was a possibility. It was a, it was a, it was a future thought. It wasn't in stone yet. It was like a dream, if you will, or a goal, you know? Okay. That's a great example. So if you were to share something like that and then they take it, right, as if it's already happening, like you've taken steps, it's moving forward or whatever, and then they are automatically jumping to the conclusion and, you know, looking ahead to, okay, well, how is this going to affect me or whatever? So back to the idea of this projection field and the fact that it's a two-five. So if you even just have one of those lines, if you have a two in your profile or a five in your profile, then you've got some projection energy. If you have both, then you sort of have double. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just important to know that as this profile, because it, first of all, I think it helps you understand when people misunderstand you or misunderstand where you're coming from. And you can just say to yourself like, oh, there's the projection field at work. I just need to clarify. And then you can step back and say, I'm sorry, I think you misunderstood. This is actually where I was coming from. So, you know, just trying to be super clear. And then the other, like kind of the flip side of it is not getting caught up in other people's projections of you and making them mean something about you. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, kind of not buying into it. You know, it's sort of this layer of conditioning and expectations that aren't anything about you. So just consistently reminding yourself that, okay, this is just part of how my energy works. I kind of invite this in and how to like create sort of this energetic, you know, shield away from it so that you don't kind of let that energy in and affect who you're, who you really are. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, that, you know, every time as you speak, it's like, you know, being, you know, as I labeled the ADHD or I, I like, I'm already thinking of other stuff and it's like, it's like, it's really hard to be a good listener when I am me, you know? And, and is that, is that a, a trait of my, of my chart? Like, because, because someone's, someone's words can send me into another thought process. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And like I said, I don't know if that's the ADHD or if that's human design and it may be a little bit of both, but you know, the thing that, that I'm thinking here when you're saying that, and and I was listening because I heard it all, but it was because my brain does several things at once, of course. Um, But 
like it sounds like human design can like impact your decisions once you know about it and like decision making. And like you just said, you know, where, where it set me into thinking about this is when you said you can tell yourself, okay, this is just that thing happening. And this is part of my human design. And that's why I feel this way. I, and I can unpack it better, right? It, you know, whether that be relationship, whether that's friendship, whether that's business relationship, you know, we're all about, you know, the Elevate podcast and, and the Elevators, as I call the original group and the people that are in our group and, the, and, and we'll invite you into the group because I think having people that have, you know, that, that, that desire to help other people are exactly what the Elevate group needs, right? But it's like, you know, we're, we want to, elevate ourselves so we can elevate others or we can get out of some sort of thing that we're dealing with right that's what this podcast is all about so but yeah it, it's it's been great talking with you I've, I've got a couple of quick hitters here that we call the elevator pitch at the end of every every show Love there's it. so much more we can talk about and i know that and <laughs> you know i like to keep them short and sweet and 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 you know listenable while people commute to their to their jobs i think the average now that everybody's going back to work you know, or you know, know just you know that 30 to 40 minute time frame is really ideal so you know real quick the elevator pitch is a segment that they elevate in the elevate podcast where the elevator pitch as you know is a quick hitters usually three to five questions that are just real quick you know quick answers or or not nothing that that goes into long explanation but just like an elevator pitch is if you get on the elevator and you got to tell the ceo about some new thing that you got right so for you because you have were a teacher and now you're doing this and, and you already kind of spoke on it and it was the the covid thing and maybe it's just i don't know if you pinpointed the 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 thing but the question is the aha moment that shifted your path like the moment you were like like the moment, like mine was when the walls came in, when I knew I had to get out of that job. That was my aha moment that I need to get back to what I love, right? Yeah, it's when we were planning for the following year schedule and my principal decided to go back to the schedule that we had run pre-COVID instead of trying a new way. I gotcha. just- Yep. I knew in yeah. that moment <laughs> that your stomach dropped, you know how, you know, it is, it, yeah. it flips and you're like, this is not right. Yep. There's something very, very wrong with me. <laughs> you know, exactly. Quote a movie. If, if you, if someone could uh, leave a message of what movie that was, you'll get bonus points. So I won't tell you what it is, <laughs> but I think it I think the line was, there's something very, very wrong with us. I think that was what it was. Not me, but I think it was us. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. So a strategy or a habit that you, you do to this day that helps elevate yourself? Mm, meditation for sure. Ooh, I yep. like that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm starting to dabble into it. It's hard for me to focus for long enough to meditate. So, so I, I would need suggest, to like... I would suggest checking out Insight Timer. It's a free app and they have guided meditations on there. It's a great way to start mm -hmm. building a meditation process, like five minute guided meditation. So you have something to listen to. And yeah, I do listen to sleep music uh, yeah. often. And that maybe that's a, I can tell myself that's a way of starting off with meditation and then expanding from that. I've also sure. dabbled in a little bit of yoga, not a lot, but uh, I know that there's a lot of yoga and meditation are, you know, they overlap. So mm -hmm. maybe I just bite the bullet and start doing yoga and that'll get me out of my headspace. <laughs> Both of those would All be right, good so, for you. 
I, <laughs> yeah, I know. And so many people have told me that. And I just, I just, I'm so busy with other stuff. I don't have time to do yoga. I need mm-hmm. to, I need to make time. Right. <laughs> Let's just go with this last one here and then we'll, we'll sign off and people will share information about how people can get a hold of you and whatnot. So a skill that you're mastering now that helps you level up that you'd want our listeners to know, or a skill that you're mastering that you're using to level up others or yourself or both. I would say figuring out the best ways to reach people is a new skill that I'm learning. Like, you know, all of the different ways to, to talk with people and commute and translate human design. I think that is a skill that I'm working on. How do I, how do I take like a very complicated system and make it practical and usable for anybody? And then what is the best way to communicate that? Is it through writing social media posts or, you know, talking to people on podcasts or, you know, making video, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. All right. Sounds great. Well, Lori Lisi, thank you so much for being on the Elevate podcast. Go ahead real quick and tell people how you that can get a hold of you. Of course, I'll put all that information below in the in the show notes, of course, but your website, your social medias, any of that stuff, your email, whatever you're willing to share so people can get a hold of you if they're more interested to know about their own chart and their own human design uh Growth. For <laughs> sure. Growth. For sure. There's a lot more I need to learn. <laughs> <clears throat> so you can go to my website, which is lorileeside.com, and you can input your birth information and download your chart for free. And that will give mm-hmm. you some, some basic information to get started with. And once you put your email in, I'll send you a number of um, short emails that kind of introduce you to the idea and how can you use it in your life uh, so you can start experimenting with this. Uh, so that's at lorileesai.com. I'm also on Instagram at lorileesai. I'm on Facebook at lorileesai. I'm on LinkedIn at lorileesai. Uh, and then I have a group program launching soon called Own Your Magic, which basically is designed to help you learn about your human design as well as as well as literally own your magic. You know, I'm so passionate about people feeling like they can shed all of those expectations of other people and just like really step into who they came here to be. So that will be launching soon as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the Elevate podcast. It has been a joy to get to know you. It's, you know, our first conversation and I'm an, and and I bet you that if you, if I were to ask this last question about my human design is I'm, I'm, I am quick to friend people. I feel very close to people very fast Mm -hmm. and I've done that my whole life. Sometimes it's bitten me in the ass because I just don't see you know, thank God I'm married to who I'm married to because she's pegged every bad friend in my life, every single one, mm. even ones that I've been friends with for years. She's like, there's just something wrong with that guy. I have, you know, I'm not one to say that I have one very best friend. Well, maybe one Baldwin's a really close, like he's my longest friend. So that's my, that's my go-to guy if I need anything. But, but yeah, I have a lot of really good friends and mm-hmm. I friend people very fast and I feel very comfortable around people very fast but I've always chalked that up to my personality because I'm an extrovert, right? So, but it 
probably boils back to human design. I appreciate you coming on. It's been wonderful. You've been great to talk to. I could talk to you for hours. I feel. I feel. <laughs> I so can just much. like put you over in the. I can put you over in the corner while I'm doing work and just talk. To you, you know. <laughs> and this. <laughs> so and just this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, once again, everybody, don't forget to like, share, go to Lori Lisi's webpage and, and go ahead and send your information to her. It's a free reading or a free introductory reading for you. you know, that's at her website, which will be in the show notes, maybe even at the bottom of the page I'll put in post. But thanks again for tuning in. Remember that Elevate is all about how we elevate ourselves, talking to people that have done such a thing and elevate themselves so they can elevate others. And just to make sure that you go ahead and share, like, subscribe. If you hear this podcast and you have a friend of yours or somebody you know that may need to hear this message, go ahead and share that with them. We want to make sure we get this message to as many people as possible. You know, Lori's story about elevating herself during the back end of COVID is such a such a beautiful uh, situation of taking that big gulp and doing something for yourself that elevated you to a position where you're at now, which I think is awesome. Once again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Lori, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Take care. Thanks.